0: Well, you know, I thought uh, tonight we would spend a few minutes looking uh, at Psalm 90, Psalm 90 uh, in the scriptures. And uh, this is a a marvelous uh, uh, passage. Uh, And we're just going to say a few words. Really, I, I wrote in our email that our theme is really verse 12 of tonight and tomorrow. Our theme is verse 12 of psalm 90 where we read so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom uh, and boy I just thought how appropriate I mean I've shared that verse over the past few months uh, a number of times with folks and I and I thought wow you know really perhaps that is uh, what we need to uh what we need to talk about when we read uh, this, so teach us to number our days, that we may present a heart of wisdom. You know, it's interesting uh, when you read it uh, in uh, in Hebrew. So here's a little, hopefully, a little motivator for uh, you know uh, for that. You know, in Hebrew it says "limnot yamenu kain hoda" at the beginning. Uh, "limnot yamenu kain hoda." And so really what it is, to, to count our days, so um, uh, give it to me, or teach me, or uh, Lord, uh, 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 know, help me to know it, really, you know, it's, it's really so, uh, you know, make me know it, I guess that would probably be the most literal way of saying it. So, make me know it. That little word, uh, that little word, Cain, there is not the word for uh, yes in Hebrew. That's a different word. Uh, this word is sort of like, a, it, it's like it tells you that what's coming after it, after it is right, really important, you know? Uh, and so, in your English Bible, when it says so, that little word so is not just uh, like an editorial edition or something. You know, uh, it's actually a word there that really means something. So, literally, the order of the words is to number our days. So, make me know it. Uh, and uh, and so, what it it tells us uh, is just uh, how important this is. And so, we want to understand a little bit about what this means. And to do that, we have to go back uh, and look at the beginning uh, of the uh, the beginning of the psalm. So it says a prayer of Moses, uh, the man of God. That's, that's uh, you know, in Hebrew, that's actually verse one. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's either the prayer of Moses, Moses wrote it, or it's a prayer uh, giving honor to Moses, uh, uh, perhaps, uh, we're not quite sure. Uh, but what we do uh, know is, is that it's very reminiscent of uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness, but also reminiscent of Jewish history. I uh, applied almost in any period of time, whether we're talking about Moses day, the first temple period, the second temple period, and over the last 2000 years, uh, you know, or today. And I think we can also uh, apply it uh, just to uh, all of us as Messiah followers uh, today, you know, in our own lives uh, today. So, you know, the first couple of verses here, uh, uh, like many of the, of the Psalms, uh, relate uh, who God is and how glorious uh, he is. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you did give birth to the earth and to the world, even from everlasting to, the, to everlasting, you are God. So it is kind of interesting, you know, that it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Not just you've provided a dwelling place for us, or you've provided a resting place for us, but you are uh, our, um, our dwelling place. Uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting because in the Brit Shah, we speak about being in Messiah, in, in Messiah Yeshua. You know, dwelling in Him, and the reality is is that has always, in a way, uh, been the case of dwelling in the presence of God, and the presence of God uh, is the uh, is the safe place. Uh, you know, the the Hebrew word here means like the an animal's den. I like uh, it, it can mean uh, you know where an animal finds uh, shelter, safety home, that that kind of uh, uh, meaning. And so, God, you have been our shelter. You have been uh, our dwelling place uh, in all generations. And then it goes back to creation, right? Before the mountains were born, uh, or you did give birth to the earth and the world from everlasting to the everlasting, you are God. And that is a very important part of the meaning of this psalm And a very important part of uh, verse 12 where we have this cry so teach us to number uh, our days because what this psalm is really doing it is comparing the eternity of god to the temporality of man that god is huge and, and eternal and forever but we have a beginning and we have an end Uh, to our lives, every single one of us, and uh, no matter who we are or no matter how uh, holy or unholy, good or bad we may be, we have a beginning and we have an ending, but God does not. Uh, And so what you have in this psalm is a psalm first of grandeur, uh, talking about uh, how how marvelous and grand uh, a God is. Uh, but then, immediately beginning in verse three, we have the comparison to a uh, man being uh, temporal. And so, then we read in verse three Thou dost turn man back into dust and dost say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch. Uh, in the night. Now that sounds a little bit like something Peter says, right? Uh, you know, a day is as a thousand years uh, to the Lord. You know, and let me just say that this is poetry and we need to remember that. And uh, and, and so it, it's not speaking about like God has nothing to do with time or something like that. It's just simply making the point that that God views time a lot differently than we do. But the way that we know God is in time, because, you know, it says at the beginning of the Bible, at the beginning of sheet the beginning of Genesis, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. We actually don't know too much before that period of time, before uh, humanity. Uh, and, uh, you know, in our creation, we are created with a particular understanding of time. Uh, and God, by 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 creating us and by entering into covenant relationship with humanity uh, he enters into time with us even though he is eternal right he is indeed he eternal he is above and beyond time but the only way we really can embrace God is in time so then he goes on to say you have swept them away like a flood and they fall asleep in the morning they're like grass which sprouts anew In the morning, it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening, it fades and withers away. And so he's comparing, again, the eternity of God to the temporality of uh, humanity. And then in verse 7, though, now he talks about how we've been consumed by your anger and by your wrath we have been dismayed. Thou hast placed our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in light of your presence. For all our days have declined in, in thy fury, we have finished our years like a sigh." Boy, this is not very encouraging. Uh, maybe we picked the wrong passage for uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, right? But he's sort of telling it the way it is. In a way, what he's saying, if, if you just strip away some of the poetry or some of uh, the theology that we often you know, uh, talk about, but just in plain English, life is hard. Lord, you are eternal and you are grand, but our life is limited and difficult. And then uh, he goes on uh, to say, uh, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or of due to strength 80 years, if yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Now, Don't get hung up again uh, on 70 or 80 years, okay? It's poetry. All it means is that life is temporal. You know, Moses lived to 120 and that's what we say when it's somebody's birthday. You know, the traditional thing to say uh, is to 120, you know, and uh, because that's how uh, old Moses was. So again, it's poetry and it's making the point that we don't live forever that life can be difficult and we don't live uh, uh, forever. And then it, then beginning in verse 11, we have a little bit of a transition. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear uh, that is due you? Who can understand this, in other words? So you have two parts here. You have what we've just read, which is the first part, which again compares God who is eternal to the fact that we are temporal beings with a beginning and an end and that life can be hard. Now my guess is this probably is not brand new information uh, uh, for us. It's something that we know but certainly over the last number of uh, months this has really become front and center uh, to us. Regardless of one's uh, views on different things, the fact of the matter is uh, is that whether we're talking about um, the social issues that we that uh, we experience, the health issues uh, that uh, we experience, that in a way, you know, for most of us, our world has been turned kind of upside down in in one way uh, or another, and. And one of the things uh, that we certainly recognize is that life is precious, but it is temporal. Uh, and uh, the question for us is, how then as people of God, uh, servants of the Lord, uh, like Moses, uh, Messiah followers, how do we negotiate that? How do we deal with that? And you know, there's a lot of different ways, and and uh, we see what um, what Moses uh, or the writer of Psalm 90 uh, says here as in response to this. One of the things that you notice in the first 11 verses is that Moses is not challenging God on this; he's uh, he is uh, simply acknowledging it. Right? Uh, he, uh, he's not saying anything like, do away with our enemies here. Uh, or, Lord, why are you doing this? Now, in other Psalms, we read, how long, O Lord? How long? Right? Uh, but not here. Here, what he says in verse 12 is, so teach us to number our days in light of this, in light of the fact that we are temporal people, that we have a beginning uh, and an end, and uh, we have to come to terms with that uh, mortality, I teach us to number our days, or to number our days, I, uh, uh, Lord, uh, make, us, make us know how. Make us know how to number our days so the first thing that we see uh there is is that we don't know how uh to uh, number our days otherwise he would not be asking the question right uh lord teach us to do this how do we do it make us know to number our days and so one of the things that i think that uh, is uh, so helpful for us uh as uh, believers in, in yeshua or as uh, Messiah followers is first of all to realize uh, that uh, uh, our life we're created in the image and likeness of God we're image bearers of God uh, and life has meaning and purpose. God is created for us to serve him to uh, uh, to subdue the earth, to oversee this uh world. You know, uh, in Psalm 8, which is another great psalm, in fact, I thought at one point a while back that that would be the theme of our uh, Rosh Hashanah uh, services, Psalm 8. In Psalm 8, we read uh, some marvelous things uh, about uh, humanity. Uh, And you know, the the first and last verse of Psalm 8 is uh, uh, is a famous song, right? But it comes from the Bible first, right? O Lord our Lord O Lord our Lord how majestic is thy name in all the earth who has displayed thy splendor above the heavens from the mouth of infants and nursing babes thou hast established strength because of thine adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease now in verse 3 when I consider the heavens thy heaven your heavens and the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him. This gets applied in the book of Hebrews to Yeshua, but it's written about humanity. Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God, uh, and dost crown him with glory and majesty that dost make him to rule over the works of thy hands. That hast put all things under his feet. And then it describes all those different things. So this is uh, kind of interesting. I'm I'm forcing myself to not go off on a whole tangent here uh, on Elohim. Uh, but what it is saying is, and you may be familiar with this, you know, we're reading uh, the unseen, uh, uh, is it the real or the realm? Yeah. The unseen realm uh, right by michael heiser Uh, and we're learning all about this divine council right and that god has created all kinds of uh, all kinds of beings right and uh, god has uh, created humanity uh, as well and notice the exalted position that humanity uh, is in the point for us is is that as human beings As being in the image and likeness of God, God has crowned us with glory and majesty because of being created in his image and his likeness. That means that we have significance and meaning because we're human beings. Not because we jump through hoops. Not not because we've uh, done something special. But because we're human beings and we're created in the image and likeness of God, the problem is is that we become disconnected from that significance. We become disconnected from that meaning, and we find it, uh, you know, in all kinds of of ways. and And uh, ultimately, ultimately, we find uh, a disappointment. And sometimes, people look at the beginning of Psalm ninety and. Maybe they don't actually look at Psalm 90, but they have that kind of feeling that, what difference does life make? We're just like uh, in the wind, you know? And uh, what what difference does it, like grass that flies away, it doesn't really make any difference. And so what Moses is saying here is, Lord, teach us to number our days, teach us to make every day count. Because we're created in your image and likeness, and it doesn't matter what state we're in. Notice that in Psalm 8, it talks about little babies and children having significance in being created in the image and likeness of God. And I might suggest that if you're with us today and you're in your 70s or you're in your 80s, or you're beyond that, or you're in a place where, you know, you wake up each day and you say, what's, you know, what's it going to be today? Is it going to be my legs, my arms, my head, my stomach? Oy vey. you know, I, I'm on the shelf, I'm done. You're not done. That is a lie to believe that you're done. It is not true. You see, because you're created in the image and likeness of God, and you have meaning and significance to god and make a difference in this world to the day where we're not here and so and so given the fact of the eternity of god and the temporality of mankind it can be easy for us to become disconnected and and really maybe you know get kind of depressed uh thinking about those things unless we're praying lord show me to make every day because when I make every day count, that's where wisdom really comes comes from, and that is where wisdom comes uh, into uh, comes into play. Uh, and and so you know, I don't know about you, but uh, during uh, uh, you know these days of a COVID and and everything else, do you ever get the feeling of like, man, it's like what difference does anything make? It's just it gets from bad to worse, you know, and and sometimes we could, we might even feel defeated and like it's never going to get any better, or maybe this is just you know I'm uh it, it's just sad and depressing and and so on. Well, you know, don't buy into that because when you read, if if all we had were the first eleven verses of Psalm ninety we would really be feeling that way but you see Moses reacts by crying out to God so lord given all of this given all of this lord that it just seems that we're you know we're lost or we're, or from Moses' point of view we're in the wilderness i uh, and uh, we're like going around in circles i uh, we just go back to dust what difference does it make sounds a little bit like uh, ecclesiastes doesn't it that he says, so teach us, Lord, to make every day uh, 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 count. How do we do that? How do we go about uh, making every day count? Well, we have to think about it, you know? Uh, And uh, and of course, how important it is to uh, uh, be in the word of God, uh, to be in prayer and have fellowship, which, yes, you can have fellowship. And, you know, we do our best to make all of that happen and, we can communicate and you know it's all about relationships and then pray lord give me an opportunity to serve you know i was talking to someone this uh week over the phone who is in a hospital and i couldn't visit him it's in another city uh and uh, and i talked to him over the phone and he couldn't even talk back he couldn't respond back but he but he was uh he could hear what i was saying and what I said to him was not just, oh, you know, brother, we're praying for you, we love you, uh, you know, and just hang in there. No, I said, and you know who I'm talking about, right? His name's Jerry. How's that? That kind of gives it away, doesn't it? I said, there's something I need you to do. I said, there's something I need you to do. I need you to pray, OK? And I gave him a list of people's names to pray for. Because, may I suggest to us all, what we all need is to know that we're we're needed and desired and that we're not on a shelf uh, and, uh, and that we do have meaning. And so we need to pray, Lord, give me opportunity, give me opportunity to serve. Lord, I pray that you would put somebody in my life or in my mind that I can pray for or talk to about you just maybe uh sharing uh indeed uh a a word and you know when we live that way it really is a very freeing experience a very freeing experience and uh so i was looking up i maybe uh you know an example or an uh, illustration of this and i have one somewhere here don't i oh here it is yes and some of you are uh, familiar with uh, this person, uh, Jim Elliott, right? Some of you know who he is. He was a, a young man whom God called to go to Ecuador uh, and to bring the good news to people in Ecuador. Uh, and he was uh, martyred. He and uh, several others uh, were martyred. And you know what I never realized until uh, actually the other day when I was uh, reading this? He was 28 years old when his life came to an end. He was 28. I mean, wow. You you know, that's a very sobering reality. Some of us, uh, let's just say, have doubled that, right? (laughs) And beyond, right? Uh, Or maybe some of us uh, are around that age, right? Maybe some of us who are here today are around that age. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, he... um, he was an extraordinary uh, uh person uh, and uh, some of you are uh, familiar that um you know he he actually had a real way with words and of course you know he had one famous saying but he actually had a number of things that that he said one of the things that he said and remember he said these things well before he was 28 years old uh you know he said god always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. You know, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. When we really recognize that God is the one who is responsible for my life, I'm going to give my life to him because I know that he is the king. Yeshua is our messianic king. And when I live in him, I know that whatever it is, is the best. Now, when we define best, it doesn't mean best for my my, uh, first world issues, right? Uh, Best uh, for what makes me feel good, but best for what God is doing in this world. And as we say lots of times that uh, God has a plan for this world and we get to be a part of it. It's not that it's about me and God gets to be a part of my world. No, I get to be a part of what he indeed is is doing and when we recognize that we say Lord do with me what you will we're saying my life belongs to you Lord and when we really say that and we mean that and we cultivate that and we live that then there is real satisfaction in life even when it includes suffering right and of course I he he made this uh fantastic statement about sacrifice really about sacrifice about giving your life he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. In other words, what he's saying is, you're no fool if you sacrifice your life for the things of God because we have, you have the assurance of life forever in, in him. You have the assurance of what is good at the end of the day. Rather than it is foolishness to do whatever it takes to make to preserve your own life or to make your own life whatever you want it to be, thinking that this will ensure the future. No, that's foolishness. It's not foolishness to give your life away because God's assured life forever in Him. And so that is something we can't lose. We cannot lose life forever in Him. And so, therefore, giving our life away is exactly what Yeshua demonstrated for us when he came into this world. Because God has loved us so much, right? That he, in Yeshua, entered into this temporal world of having a beginning and an end, right? And horizontally, if you just look at the life of Yeshua, you'd say, what a failure! Right. I mean, he gave up his life and the world didn't really seem to change the next day. Right. But we know that he gave up his life and he rose from the dead forever. And he is alive forever. And uh, and that is our assurance that we have life forever in him. And so really, we should be motivated. Lord, teach us to make every day count. Teach me, Lord, to be a living sacrifice. Teach me, Lord, not to worry so much about what tomorrow is going to bring, but to get through this day for your glory." Do you ever notice that uh, there is a little theme in the Brit Shah? We read it in a couple of different places, and, and I'm just about out of time, so I'm just going to read one of them, and I'll paraphrase uh, the other. In the uh, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Yeshua made this statement, and I always look at it. It's one of the most practical words in the New new Covenant. It's at the end of chapter 6 of uh, uh, Matthew. And uh, and and it comes at a very interesting point. You know, uh, back in verse uh, 24 of Matthew 6, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, uh, serve God and money is really what he's saying there. But we could say, you can't serve God and anybody else. <laughs> you know? You're either serving God uh, really, uh, or you're not, right? Uh, and then he goes on to say, for this reason I say to you, don't be anxious for your life. And then he goes on to talk about the basics of life, what you shall eat, drink, your body. Uh, that God will provide what you need. And then he says, if you go down toward the bottom, uh, he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In other words, serve God. And and you'll see that by serving God, by giving God your life, giving Yeshua, the Messiah, your life, you have this assurance of life in him, and it is very freeing, because when we give the Lord our life, we don't have to worry about being offended anymore. We don't have to worry about, oh, what if something happens uh, uh, to me? Now, that doesn't mean a blindly walk across the interstate uh, because, uh, you know, everything will be fine. It's not what that means. It doesn't mean uh, be foolish and throw away your life. It's not saying that. Certainly, that's not what it means. Uh, But uh, he's saying when you seek God and his righteousness, God will meet the need. And then it says, therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow. So don't be anxious for your life. Don't be anxious what you shall eat. Don't be anxious for your clothes. Don't be anxious for time. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) get through today let's walk uh through today now again don't take that out of it's, it's a, like a proverbial statement you don't want to say well then you know I have something I have to prepare for tomorrow I'm not going to do it because Yeshua said don't of course that's not what that means right let's understand it in its normative way what it's trying to tell us what it's trying to tell us is uh, that uh don't worry about tomorrow okay because today is is right now where you're walking with god right and today has meaning lord teach me to number my day to make every day count that's what yeshua is saying here make every day count right uh, and so we do so by having god on the front burner of our lives by uh, desiring to be a, a a sacrifice you know and like uh, as uh, jim elliott i uh, uh, said here that it's foolishness to try to to try to uh protect yourself or to try to gain the future right by uh, by by being self-centered or you know just taking care of of me myself and i but when we give our life to god he will indeed protect us and uh, give us uh, a satisfaction and um, you know, Let me just say, there's a famous passage uh, in uh, Romans chapter 8 that we love to talk about. Uh, It says this, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, right? Well, we usually think of that it's good for me, right? that God will take everything in my life so that it will be good for me, okay? However, may I suggest that when it says God causes all things to work together for good, the good is his purposes. The good is his plan, and his plan will never be thwarted. And the fact of the matter is is that when we embrace Yeshua, we enter into the predestined people who will be with the Lord forever. And we enter into a calling. We enter into being meaningful and purposeful in our lives. And this is what Joseph understood. This is what Daniel understood. This is how they understood their lives. And this is how we are to understand our life, you know, indeed as well. And so in just a moment, Paul uh, Weisberger is going to come and he's going to blow the shofar. And the blowing of the shofar is like the wake up call for us to remind us, wow, Lord, teach me to number my days. Uh, let me not just waste away or, uh, or just uh, uh, check off each day until the end uh, or just wallow in despair. But it's time to wake up and realize that God has a calling on your life and on and on my life. And I'm going to say something extraordinary here. I'm guessing that there are some who are watching on YouTube, perhaps, probably not on Zoom, but on YouTube, that maybe are investigating the claims of the Messiah of Israel. But you would never go to a Messianic congregation, but at home, watching this on your computer or on your phone nobody knows let me just tell you that you have come to a you have come to the place where god is calling you you have come to a place where there is meaning and satisfaction because yeshua is the messiah of israel he has come that we might have life and life in him and significance in him, because we have become disconnected from God, but he is the connection. He came into this world and he took our sins upon himself and he died for our sins and he rose from the dead, which means you you have the forgiveness of God. And what he asks of all of us is to embrace him and to live that way. And there's no better time than Rosh Hashanah. You know, there's a place in the New Covenant Scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 5, he says here, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. For it it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they're exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, and that it is a very interesting thing. It is a, perhaps a messianic hymn that was written in the very early days of the Messiah followers. Perhaps it is a compilation of different passages of scripture. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, for Messiah will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. In fact, Maimonides, the great Jewish scholar, said the meaning of the blowing of the shofar is "wake up, sleeper." Isn't that something? Perhaps Paul had, you know, was thinking this. Perhaps Maimonides was, you know, they were thinking the, uh, of the blowing of the shofar: "Wake up." And so when we hear the shofar in just a few minutes, may it be a wake up call to us, a wake up call to return to God, a wake up call to turn around. That's what repent means, to turn around, to confess our sins and to be forgiven and cleansed and to start over uh, all over again. Tomorrow morning we'll continue uh, with this thought, uh, but right now we're going to pray uh, and I pray that uh, as, uh, as Paul comes, as we share uh, the remembrances of kingship, of covenant, uh, and God's presence, God's revealing himself and blowing the shofar, that it might make a difference uh, in, our, uh, in our lives. So let's pray. Lord God, we do pray, God, that today would be a new day for us, Uh, Lord, uh, we read uh, in that Jeremiah says that Israel, who had been a harlot, will become a virgin again. Lord, uh, which speaks of being anew, being created all over again. And so, Lord, wherever, wherever we are in life right now, whatever age, however we feel, whatever's going on, Lord, teach us to make every day count. Indeed, that we might have, live, give to you a heart of wisdom. Lord, thank you that even though we are temporal in you, we live forever in you. You are indeed our dwelling place. And so, God, may we realize that we have hope and that the sound of the shofar is not only a sound of return uh, uh, to you, but it is also the sound of the day that will come when there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and the resurrection of the dead, all that we have to look forward to. And so we thank you, uh, God, that even though this world is temporal, that you are going to restore it and renew it forever. And we thank you that in Messiah Yeshua, that is the great promise that you have given us. We pray in Messiah's name. Amen.